Thanks to LegalZoom for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Whether you want to take your business to the next level or take control of your family's future with an estate plan, LegalZoom is where to start. They're not a law firm, but their network of independent attorneys can help keep you on track. For special savings, go to LegalZoom.com and enter the promo code FOOL at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com. It's Wednesday, February 28th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. I promised you, Australia Week begins today. And with me in studio is Mr. Australia himself, Scott Phillips. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Good to be with you. I say Mr. Australia. It sounds more impressive than it is, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, it, 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 well, it, let's face it, Mr. <laughs> Australia sounds like a bodybuilding contest winner. Which, If only this was just audio, people could believe you. Unfortunately, for those people watching at home, I'm not going to quite carry that off. Uh, you know, but maybe in your younger days. Under this shirt. But Scott, for those who are unfamiliar, Scott is the general manager of Motley Fool Australia. Uh, if, and, and this gives me a nice opportunity to remind people, because most of our listeners, most of the dozens are here in the United States, The Motley Fool has operations in Germany, Canada, Singapore, mm-hmm. the UK, later this year, Japan, and Nice, a very nice operation going on in Australia that you're heading up. Things are good, and uh, also the host of Motley Fool Money Australia, which we'll get to. But we have news, we have news to get to because the earnings palooza just continues to roll on. And let's start with and bear with me, people, because if you've been listening for the last couple of years, you know that I haven't really made the switch from Google to Alphabet. So it's going to take me even longer to make the switch from Priceline to their brand new name. Booking Holdings. <laughs> I didn't get the marketers involved, did they, Chris? I, we'll get what to, should we call this thing? We'll get to that in a second. Right, We're going right. to see if we can help them. <laughs> because, a yeah. bit of Australian flair. Exactly. Yeah. Um, fourth quarter revenue for uh, Priceline slash Booking Holdings came in higher than expected. They wrapped up another great year. Mm. The stock is up. Nine percent. I mean, this thing. This thing is. I mean, I, I kid that we're going to help them. Maybe we. Maybe the one thing we could help them with is their name, because when it comes to running their business, mm. these people are fantastic. They're doing a spectacular job. Well, interestingly enough, it was partly a case of low expectations. So the revenue is up. Margins are still down because of their concerns around how much commission they can get from the bookings that they're passing through. So they're kind of still in that weird situation of top lines growing. That's good. Margins kind of falling away. I think they'll be okay, and I think there's an Australian operation, Flight Centre, who your listeners won't know, most won't know, who've been exactly through this thing. When you're getting top line growth, you're struggling the bottom line a little bit because of some one-off changes. For most investors, that's a good chance to get invested because when the growth returns, which it will, from a one-off change, then you're off to the races. But it, it seems like this is a situation where, in any given quarter, they can have those margin pressures. Right, but. This is such a behemoth that it seems like if you are a hotel, if you are, if you're anything involved with travel, right? You're. I'm not saying you bend over backwards to do whatever you can to be involved with booking mm-hmm. holdings, mm-hmm. but you want to be on their platform. And here's the story: two point three billion dollars in sales in the fourth quarter of last year, two point eight billion dollars this year. There was a whole lot more people using this platform, and when you are the go-to place, you can pretty much call the tune. And that's that's the, you know, if you're more relevant to more people. Over a longer period of time, that is absolutely the recipe and price line or booking, as we have to now call them. It's getting it done. 
So we were talking right before we started taping about companies that have made name changes in this form. Not, I mean, I mentioned Alphabet and Google, um, and I suppose that applies as well. Just because what we were talking about was Tapestry, which is a name that I don't think either one of us particularly loves, but it's the parent company of Coach and Kate Spade mm-hmm. and Stuart Weitzman. And I understand the reasoning in a couple of ways. One is. If you're tapestry, or in this case, if you're booking holdings, you you have multiple parts of your business, and you don't necessarily want Wall Street analysts focusing on the namesake. So, in the case of booking holdings, they've yes, they own Priceline, but yeah. they also own Booking.com, which is a more significant part of their business. Right. Same thing with Coach, and probably even more relevant with in the case of Coach because. There were quarters where Stuart Weitzman was doing well, Kate Spade was doing well, but the namesake brand was not, and they got maybe overly punished as a result of that. Um, and then there's the internal, where if you work at Booking.com, you might have some level of resentment. Hey, we're bigger than Priceline. Why is the company named after Priceline? <laughs> Look, I think that's right, Chris. Although I have to say, when you're going from 2.3 to 2.8 billion dollars in revenue. The last thing you should be worrying about is what your name is, your corporate name. If Wall Street can't cope with the fact that you've grown your revenue by $500 million year on year, you, you, you kind of want, you know, yes, we all, the companies all manage the share price. Yes, they manage the street. Your listeners know well that that's, frankly, a short term and pretty stupid thing to bother with, but companies do. It's going to make a lot more money next year and the year after and the year after that. You shouldn't need to change, you shouldn't be wasting time changing your name to try and get some sort of relevance, right? It, it, the business is the business is the business. If you call anything, call something entirely different if you want to, like tapestry. Change from one brand to another is just it's kind of crazy. Like, what happens when the other brand gets bigger? They change it again and again. What is the company if it's not the business you're working for? That's that's where I feel like we could help them because say what you want about tapestry, and, and, and mm-hmm. goodness knows we did, but. <laughs> Uh, and at least they took a flyer on a brand new name, right. and it's creative. And so, if anyone has suggestions, uh, you can tweet at marketfoolery or you can email marketfoolery at fool.com. We'd like to come up with something better. Maybe it's global travel, mm. something. I'm not sure, but I thought we can just go through the Carol King discography and just pick another album. Exactly, yeah. Tapestry worked. And There's plenty there. <laughs> It's worked for them. Uh, let's move on to, uh, from online travel to uh, something, uh, well, a bit more pedestrian, but also a bit more delicious, and that's pizza. <laughs> uh, Papa John's wrapping up a tough fiscal year. Their, their fourth quarter profits came in lower than expected. Their same store sales falling nearly 4%. I get that the stock was up a little bit today, but over the past 12 months, this stock is down around 25%. Yeah, this has been ugly. Not only lower than expected, but lower than last year as well, which makes it worse. Sometimes a too bullish an expectation is one thing. This is a business that's in decline. Same store sales are down, earnings are down from an adjusted 69 cents to 65. Uh, that's a business just when you can't, it's the reverse of, of booking holdings. You got more people coming through. Through the door, that's a good thing. You deal with the margin in the short term. When you've got fewer people coming through the door, when people are saying, no, thank you, I'd rather go somewhere else, I'll have something else, that's a tough business to be in. And, and at a, at a, on, a, on a chain basis, think about retail stores, we talk about unit profitability. If you've got same store sales falling, that really starts to hurt the bottom line pretty badly. I think they've probably done some work to keep the bottom line in a decent shape this year. If they had the same problem next year, you're going to see even more losses, I think, from the top line. And I think that at least a little bit of what we're seeing with Papa John's stock today is maybe some optimism that, okay, we're putting this year in the books. That's done. Mm-hmm. Among other things, we'll have slightly easier comps in the current 
fiscal year in the next 12 months, and we've got a new CEO, and so maybe that works. Although um, the the earnings for Papa John's are taking a backseat in terms of the headlines, because the headline of Papa John's today is the ending of their relationship with the NFL, or as the official sponsor of the NFL, and Pizza Hut. Which is owned by Yum Brands, just stepped right in and said, "We're happy to be the official sponsor of the NFL." Of course, Papa John should cancel it. That was the entire the NFL was the entire reason for Papa John's weaknesses. <laughs> we know we've heard that from the CEO. He's come out and said, "You know what? Our business would be fine, except for that football league over there that's really costing us money. If only it wasn't for the NFL, Chris, we wouldn't be talking about Papa John's today." Again, I think a little bit of the optimism <laughs> of the stock is is uh, the founder and, and former CEO now, John Snatter, stepping aside because he, I think he either he realized pretty quickly or. People around him realized pretty quickly he made a big mistake by blaming the NFL f- ratings for falling pizza sales. It wasn't like people ate less dinners because the NFL ratings are down, right? That's true. Um, I want to I want to get back to sports um, in in just a second, but uh, uh, want to say thanks again to LegalZoom. Uh, now that the the madness of New Year's is over, it's time to work on your story for 2018, and LegalZoom can help. You can finally get serious about launching and running your own business, or you can square away your family's future with the right estate plan, which I'm, I'm not going to name names, but someone in this studio has not taken care of the estate plan in his family. I'm not going to name names. That's terrible, Chris. You haven't done that. That's awful. You should be getting onto LegalZoom right now and sorting that out. I should. Yes. We all should. You exactly. can do all this and more with LegalZoom. <laughs> They've been helping people like us take care of their dreams and responsibilities for over 16 years. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they have the resources to keep you on the right path, including advice from their network of independent attorneys, all at your fingertips. LegalZoom plugs right into your life without billing you by the hour, because at LegalZoom, all the pricing is given up front, which, at The Motley Fool, we love that kind of transparency. Me too, indeed. So, write your 2018 story now at LegalZoom.com and use the promo code FOOL to get special savings. That's LegalZoom.com and use the promo code FOOL. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. I'm curious, uh, since I don't know a lot about sports in Australia, uh, other than Australian rules football, and I have talked before on this podcast about when I was a kid, uh, way back in the 1980s, and first got ESPN. ESPN was a very young cable network, did not have a lot of money to buy the rights to major U.S. sports programming, and so one of the rights that they were able to buy was Australian rules football, which one of my brothers and I watched and were fascinated by, <laughs> because it seemed like uh, a, a sort of a hybrid of American football and rugby, um, and it was uh, it was very exciting and very fun to watch. That's obviously it, that's a big sport. Yeah, yes. so I'm going to offend whatever portion of the dozens are Australian, or at least half of those guys, by saying the detractors for Australian rules football call it aerial ping pong, which is kind of a nice. If you think about that, that's kind of what the game is. Um, those who love it will be throwing things at the at the podcast machine right now. <laughs> it's yeah, look, it's 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 the biggest winter sport in Australia. We also play rugby league, rugby union, um, plenty of ball sports. Not a lot of soccer, but a little bit. Um, it's a it's a different sport. So let's go back to Papa John's and the NFL. So what what is the relationship between? Um, commercial entities and the professional sports leagues in yeah. terms of because I mean all kidding aside it, it it was a very big deal for Papa John's for many years that they were the official pizza of the NFL I think Pizza Hut is going to make as much hay as possible out of the fact that they are now 
Is is it similar in that regard in Australia, where where companies are looking to align their brands with sports leagues? Yeah, definitely. It's got watching the NFL, watching some American sport, where you've got reasonably untouched jerseys, except for maybe a a clothing logo in the top right hand corner, left hand corner of a jersey. By contrast, Australian jerseys are walking billboards. You've got the front of the jersey, the back of the jersey at the top, at the bottom. There is branding all over these things. I think it's partly the fact that we don't have the same size and scope of companies you do here. And so, being the official pizza of the NFL is is something, and it's a lot. In Australia, you've got little, you know, local uh, advertising, local businesses advertising on back of sports jerseys. It's very much a, a smaller business story. And so, to get money, get value for money, they're putting logos everywhere on the grounds, on the billboards, on the players themselves, um, heaps of that. And gambling is a really well, it's a big thing in Australia. We we joke that we bet on two flies crawling up a wall. Um, that's probably pretty true. But you know, the 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 gambling, the gambling is everywhere. Gambling sponsorship is all over the place. Um, again, jerseys, clubs, painted on the ground, quite literally. Uh, plenty of sponsorship, but it's all on the jerseys, on the players. Um, not as much reserved as the official food, beverage, beer, whatever it is of of the sport. So this is interesting to me because this uh, gambling in sports. Uh, Matt Argusinger made the mm-hmm. point recently that uh, you know whatever money is spent legally in Las Vegas on sports betting. Is dwarfed by the amount of illegal betting that goes on, right. and we're getting ready to kick off the college basketball tournament, which is a, a <laughs> massive amount of uh, money will be bet illegally on, the, on the college basketball. Uh, so, to what extent, if any, is there because people who are pushing against legalized sports betting mm-hmm. in the United States, one of the arguments they make is the influence it will have on the game itself. Yeah. To what extent, if any, has that played out in Australian? Rules football, rugby, cricket, anything. Yeah, look, not uh, there actually has been allegations of what they call spot fixing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term, but it's where you don't fix the outright result of the game, but you might fix an over of cricket or a kick at goal or a penalty that's given Point away. Point shaving. Exactly, right, that sort of idea. So that that's and, and there's been allegations and investigations by police and others of certain games of football, certain games of cricket where that has been alleged to have happened. We don't know yet whether it's actually happened, but that's kind of around the place. I don't know that sponsorship is direct result of that. It's more the fact that the gambling outfits, legal or illegal, are still going to have that. You know, the fact that I can put my five dollars down with a bookie to bet on the result of a, a football game is not going to change the result. The hundred thousand dollars being bet offshore. Someone makes a phone call and gets a player to do X, Y, or Z, or Z, as you guys would say. That's the uh, that's the that's the the bigger story. So I don't know the betting directly impacts it. What people do complain about in Australia is the televised nature of gambling promotion. So there's five year old, seven year old kids watching the football and seeing ads from a betting agency or, or or an alcohol company. So there's more about the impact on on the viewers rather than the game itself. Interesting. Um, uh, before we wrap up, I have I mentioned this at the top uh, for those unfamiliar, because uh, I, I get this question I would say at least once a month or so from listeners outside the United States, and they ask, "Do you have do you have podcasts in other parts of the world?" And I always point them to your version of Motley Fool Money, which you and stole. An, you and Andrew, what's that? <laughs> we stole it. We stole the name. <laughs> You are more than welcome to the name. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you and Andrew Page, uh, mm-hmm. and and this is available uh, everywhere you find podcasts. So um, if you just go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and you type in Motley Fool Money, if two shows pop up, one is the one that I host, and one is the one that Andrew and Scott do, and uh, and you guys do a great job. And for anyone uh, who's looking for insight into 
um, not just investing in Australia, but also the Australian investor's view of the rest of the world. I think you you can't do better than that. And Chris, you have dozens of listeners. We have a self-proclaimed listener number four, so we're coming for you. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, um, I have to mention uh, the website, because this is another way people can get insight uh, into the markets in Australia, and it's fool.com.au. Um, and like The Motley Fool in the US, you run investing services. I mean, we talked about, it's still hard to say, we talked about booking holdings earlier, <laughs> which um, has been recommended in uh, Motley Fool US services. It's, it's a, it's a multi-bagger many times Huge over. Um, you've had um, you've had similar sort of bagger success with Share Advisor and Pro, yes? Yeah, we had some nice wins recently. So, Corporate Travel Management, another travel company, is a 10 bagger for us, which has done really, really nicely over the last four and a half, five years. Uh, in the Pro service, we've got Altium as a software company that designs uh, software for designing printed circuit boards, so the bits that go on your computer. Um, and they've done, they had a, a spiffy pop, as David Gardner would call it, a stock that went up in a single day more than the cost base for Motley Fool Pro and their members. So, yeah, we had some good success. And you know what? This is kind of we're now far enough on our journey. Share Advisor is now six and a half years old, give or take. When when the value of that long term investing really starts to come home. So David Gardner's three hundred bag on Amazon. That takes years to get to, but you get there if you if you find great companies and hold on for long enough. So what I love about it is it's giving us a chance to tell Australian audiences about the power of long term foolish investing. And it's starting to come through. We're now been around for long enough. The services have been had picks for long enough that we're really delivering some of those great returns for members. Give me the names of the uh, of those two stocks again and the tickers if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, so corporate travel management as ASXCTD, and Altium is ASXALU. ALU. Scott Phillips, who you can hear every week along with Andrew Page on Motley Fool Money. From Australia, and it actually publishes before Motley Fool Money in the US. So you can get their Motley Fool Money before you get our Motley Fool Money. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Good to be with you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.